Welcome to the JP2 Morning Crew. We're quickly coming to an end of the third week of Advent, and this morning we have a very special show as we inch closer to Christmas. My name is Brandon Clark, coming to you from the Morning Crew studio, and co-hosting with me today are Steve Splanskowski and Raul Caro. Good morning to you both. Good morning, Brandon. Good morning. Guys, let's get right into today's show. We're honored to be joined by the most reverend Salvatore Corleone, Archbishop of San Francisco. Archbishop, good morning to you. Good morning. Do you mind opening us up in prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly to set your people free. Open our minds and hearts to welcome you and help us to share your love, your light with the world around us. Bless our time together today that all we do might be for your glory and the proclamation of your saving good news. You live and reign forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Raul, you were telling me that JP2 Catholic Radio and His Excellency have a special connection. You guys want to take a couple minutes just to talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, back, back. Thank you, Brandon. Back in 2015, when uh, Catholic Radio was... Uh, non-existent in the Imperial Valley. Uh, we, we set foot to raise funds here in the Imperial Valley in San Diego to, to launch our, our first station here in the Imperial Valley. And then Archbishop Corleone was gracious, gracious enough to fly down from San Francisco to San Diego. And he gave a wonderful talk on, on the value of Catholic radio to our supporters there. So, so from those proceeds, we were able to launch uh, our first station in the Imperial Valley. And uh, we've been blessed since then. And uh, now we're up to four signals in, in the San Diego and in the Pearl Valley area. So I want to thank you for that, Your Excellency. I was happy to do so. I'm so glad to hear about the progress. Yes, it's uh, it's been a real blessing here um, in San Diego as well, of course. Brandon? Yeah, that's been really special. Steve, as we continue through these last few days of Advent, we want to talk about spending the season with Mary, um, you know, maybe let's transition now into our discussion with that. There was an article that Archbishop wrote about having a Marian Advent. Yeah, I think it's a great uh, time of year here when we're, we talk about uh, really preparing for that beautiful scene um, at, at the birth of Christ where Our Lady and Joseph are in the stables there with, with our Lord Jesus and, and really preparing for that really uh, kind of focusing on that. And and Archbishop, can you kind of open that conversation up for us? What does it mean to have a Marian Advent? Advent is certainly a, a quintessentially Marian season of the year. Uh, there's a lot packed into, into Advent. It's a brief season, but there are intertwining themes that intertwine all throughout. In the middle season of Advent, John the Baptist is a little more prominent, but Mary figures all throughout. We have those special feast days of the Immaculate Conception, Our Lady of Guadalupe, uh, powerful reminders of her special role in God's plan of salvation, not only in bringing his son into the world in his first coming, but continuing to bring him into the world and giving birth to him 
to new peoples in, in new ways as she did at Tepeyac with the Vision at Guadalupe. And then in the last week, uh, we, when we focus, Advent focuses more on the first coming. She certainly figures more prominently then. So she was God's chosen handmaid to bring his son into the world. So Advent is a time, especially to unite ourselves with her joyful expecta expectation of bringing her son into the world. And Archbishop, a couple of weeks ago, you had a special prayer service, really the first of its kind, to highlight this Marian approach to Advent. Uh, can you tell us more about that? It was in the spirit of uh, what's uh, common at this time of the year, these lessons of carols services where uh, there are, yes, performances of music, but also with the congregational participation in the singing and, and offering a prayer. So it's a time of prayer, really, and not a performance. We wanted to highlight classical compositions of music and also new compositions within the kind of the classical tradition. There was a new setting of the Chesterton uh, carol by uh, by Mark Novakowski and then uh, a poem by uh, Roseanne Sullivan uh, in reflecting on the O antiphons. Of course, in the, that last week of Advent, uh, there's an antiphon for the uh, evening prayer service, Vespers, each day leading up to Christmas. These Christological titles we find in the Old Testament. She wrote a poem about that, reflecting on that. Then a composer, Mina Perisot, uh, put that to music as well. So we had newer compositions in the classical tradition. We had more classic hymns and, and, and chants. So it was a time to uh, mark this very holy season of the year in a, in a way that is to help us prepare spiritually for what we celebrate at Christmas, the real meaning of Christmas. It is about uh, gift giving, but it's God's gift to us of his son that our call to give a gift of ourselves back to God. You know, as you speak, Archbishop, I think about beauty. And actually, in the article that I mentioned in the National Catholic Register that you wrote, you had this to say about beauty. Beauty is not a luxury item. Beauty reveals the very nature of God, adorning our worship with sacred beauty as the woman in Scripture adorned the body of Christ with rare perfume is doing the most important work of all, giving our very best to God. It is the overflowing love of God that then moves us to serve our neighbor. Archbishop, I'd, I'd be curious to know, how do we encounter this beauty in its fullness in these remaining days before Christmas? This is a very important point about uh, beauty. It's not, it's not an option, and especially when it comes to giving our best to God. I, all the great saints and the most outstanding of all the patron saint of my own city, St. Francis, his great love of poverty, no, no saint you know, excelled in that more than he. But when it came to worship, it was only the best. He excoriated the priests for kind of dirty linens and celebrating mass sloppily and, and poor quality of vessels. So only only the best for God. So we need to keep this in mind, um, especially during this time of Advent. There are so many holy days this time of the year. The way we, we adorn our lives with beauty for God, only the best for God. Even in little ways that say a lot, like, how we dress for church, uh, uh, preserving a spirit of, of quiet prayer uh, at times in the home and, and when we're in church, preparing ourselves spiritually through um, through little acts of penance and fasting. It's kind of hard with so many parties at this time of the year, but there's, yeah. there are ways to incorporate it, kind of giving up certain types of food or drink we enjoy or 
um, skipping meals when we can as ways of fasting. And most of all, the uh, availing ourselves of the sacrament of penance, confession is most appropriate at this time of year. So we can, this is all the way we, we, um, we focus on, on the beautiful, beautifying our soul and, and the way we express that externally helps us as well to beautify our soul with our bodies and with the way we dress and with our prayer, with our fasting and our discipline, all this to present a beautiful soul to God when we uh, celebrate his coming at Christmas. And I'm sure you mentioned, you know, presenting our best and talking a little bit there about presenting our own self, our interior life uh, in the best way. Um, is there, talk a little bit about the importance of silence um, and really that interior, interior life, interior reflection of being with Jesus and Mary and Joseph uh, in, in that crack, in that major, major scene that we will experience here on Christmas. Can you talk a little bit about the beauty of just being there with the Holy Family? Silence is a very, uh, I think, a, a key element of this this time of, of Advent. You know, we we uh, refer to that uh, prophecy from the Book of Wisdom that, uh, which is where we get the tradition of midnight mass, which is mass during the night. Technically, that when the night was half far, was half spent, God's word leaped down from heaven to earth in the middle of the night, when all is quiet. Uh, God speaks to us in silence. Uh, with so much cacophony and, and busyness and uh, all everything that's like filled in our in our day-to-day lives we need to make the space for god of silence he speaks to us in silence i remember a, a, a statue of uh, saint benedict i saw in a benedictine convent at the entrance to the church huge bigger than life-size statue with this uh, index right in his finger over his mouth you know gesturing that we should keep silent uh, God speaks to us in silence. Preserving that silence is a way to dispose ourselves to God speaking. This is also part of our human experience. When we're with someone that we love deeply, uh, there are times when it's just being in the person's presence that is is the loveliest thing of all without saying anything. It's almost as if, if one were to speak, it would shatter the beauty of that moment. So preserving that time of silence to... Um, cultivate our our um, awareness of God's presence and disposing ourselves for him to work in our lives. You know, I, I think uh, as we've been talking here too with uh, sharing the story, Raul, you had some, you know, the, this experience with Archbishop and starting the uh, station there in, in El Centro, in Central Valley. Um, as you come to this Christmas, this time, Raul and, and Archbishop, and looking back on the gifts that the Lord has given you through these many years of friendship and working together, um, how, how does the Lord, um, how, how does he present this to you, this, this gift uh, of this work of evangelization, of bringing souls to Christ? You're both working in this work. Archbishop, of course, as a shepherd, many souls, and Raul being part of that work uh, of, of really extending that message. Maybe I'll start with you, Raul. How does that how does that fill your heart as you enter into Christmas and entering into this conversation? Um, what's what's the Lord saying? Well, I, I I don't know what he. I'm not too sure what he's saying, but I I do know he's he gives gives me the opportunity through Catholic Radio to to, to serve him and uh, and and really when when we get those letters back saying hey. Radio's impacted my life. It's helped me with my marriage, um, and it's helped me with my family. 
this all ties into Christmas because it's it's about the it's about the Christian family, it's about the Catholic family, and so uh, it's it's really just an opportunity to serve. And and when you serve, you 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 love, and that that's what uh, that's why I'm big the way. And Archbishop, uh, your thoughts too on this 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 work of service that we're really called to that you're really the shepherd of uh, the Father of as as the Archbishop of your diocese. Um, when you look upon the Holy Family coming into Christmas here, um, and being maybe 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 in the mind of Joseph standing there, what what crosses your heart? Uh, well, Joseph is the the father of the the Holy Family, and the world needs fathers. And as spirit, we who are spiritual leaders need to be truly centered in God, so we can reflect the the fatherly love of God for uh, God's people. Uh, so. The critical importance of remaining rooted and regular in prayer and in, in penance, uh, which to be regular with it uh, and not take a sort of mercenary attitude, let people do with everything, right? Uh, I'll do something provided I get something out of it. They're always looking for what they get out of it. And we can even carry that attitude over to our prayer. We yeah, make time to pray, pray so we can have a so-called spiritual experience. But that's not approaching it with love. We speak of service, uh, serving God as worship is a service, a worship service, right? Just praying is serving God. But we're not serving God if we're going there demanding that he give us something. We're going there to dispose ourselves for him to work. And I find when it's done regularly, it's, it's kind of like physical conditioning, right? When you're out of shape, you try, you have to exercise. You don't go to the gym once or twice and expect to be feeling in tip-top shape. Right? You have to do it regularly over a long period of time. That's what happens with us spiritually. And I find over time, um, one begins to um, find worldly things rather boring and taking up what becomes more fascinating and what one's desire is more with what is spiritual, to know, to know God and, and to serve him well. And then somehow God provides for what we need in ways that we don't like explicitly plan out, but realizations come to us intuitively or things happen in a way that helps us to direct our people's attention to God or works out for, for the good. As St. Paul says, for those who will love God, all things work out for the good. Uh, we can't say that we love God if we uh, don't spend time with him or if it's time we do spend with them, we're doing all the talking. Hmm. I think that's a really important point, Archbishop. If you're just tuning in, this is the JP2 Morning Crew on JP2 Catholic Radio Network. In studio this morning is the Most Reverend Salvatore Corleone, Archbishop of San Francisco. We're reflecting on the final days of Advent and how we can enter more fully into them as we approach Christmas. Your Excellency, since we are just a few days away from Christmas, anything sitting in your heart as you think about accepting the gift of this holiest of infants? It is a gift, right? So we need to uh, accept it with with great uh, gratitude. It's the greatest gift God could possibly give to us, uh, the gift of his son. Uh, he, he exceeded the expectations and hopes of the people of Israel who wanted a Messiah to restore the kingdom, but he gave us a kingdom that is not of this world, but a kingdom we can begin to experience already if we live the way that he teaches us, the way of humility uh, as service, as we were speaking of earlier, of forgiveness, uh, of love. Uh, 
when we live this way, we can begin to get a taste of that kingdom that, that is to come. That is the way we, it's a, it's a gift exchange. We exchange gifts at Christmas. That's a little sort of a sacramental gesture of what the real meaning of Christmas is. God gives us the greatest gift of all. We cannot repay him for that gift, but yet love makes us want to make a gift of ourselves to him. And when we live this way, uh, again, we prepare a beautiful soul for him and we make the world a more beautiful place too because it's a closer reflection of what his kingdom of, of justice and holiness and truth and light is. That's a great reflection, Archbishop, and thank you for that. You know, I uh, reflecting on the, these weeks up to Advent, uh, one of the readings that we've come up across from Matthew is, you know, we, we the Lord gives us this image of children playing in the marketplace where they say, you know, we, we, uh, we played you a, a, a song on the flute and you didn't dance. We played you a dirge and you didn't, you really didn't mourn. And it's got, it gave me this sense of so often um, the Lord is really calling out to us, but we're not looking. We're not responding. And, and in many ways, I think in, in our world today, some people don't even desire an encounter with the Lord. They're not even looking for it. So for those of our listeners who are who are, who are there today at that moment, they're in that, in that moment saying, you know, I don't know if I even desire a relationship with the Lord. Or those of us who have family and friends who are really concerned, do they really desire a relationship with the Lord? How can we invite them into this Advent experience, this preparation for, for our Lord coming at Christmas? They have to see that there's a better way, that um, living without the Lord is, is going to lead to sadness, loneliness, emptiness, and uh, eventually boredom. Uh, there's a better way to live. So we have to live that way so we can, can model that to them as sort of a, by example, invite them in. And uh, invite them invite them to go to church with us, invite them to a Bible study, just make it a challenge, you know, challenge them to be open-minded to trying something different and uh, to see, see what the experience is like. Uh, again, if they don't have a desire for the Lord, I'll go back to the example of the physical conditioning. People who are out of shape might not have a desire to get into shape because it takes a lot of work. But once you do, and but you have to it's a you have to make an act of the will you have to at first make a big effort to go to the gym to work out and it's it's hard at first but after a while when you really get in good shape you end up looking forward to it you're looking forward to having a great workout so same thing spiritually it might be or you might feel like when you pray it might be boring at first you're not sure what to do but after a while you get in good physical shape and you find yourself yearning for more time to be with god to just to meditate on the Bible, to pray the rosary, to just be present to the Lord in the blessed sacrament. You, you have an earnest desire for that. This is how we kind of move away from worldly things and become more otherworldly uh, focused without losing our, our sense, you know, of, of living our faith in the world. But we also have to have our vision fixed on the world that is to come. Your Excellency, you talked about sitting with the Lord and, and kind of practicing, right, encouraging us to to get to the gym of sorts, right, and, and grow in our ability to pray. You know, for those who just don't have uh, the capacity to sit very long with the Lord, is there any advice that you might have for them about just entering into that as they can? Well, if you're out of shape, you're not going to start getting into shape by running a marathon, right? So take 10, 15 minutes, 
uh, pick a psalm and read a psalm, think about it for 10 minutes, or a, a gospel passage, use that Ignatian style of imagine yourself in the scene and well, what do the faces look like? What does the Lord's voice sound like? Where the 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 smells and the field that you're in, or the, the flowers and, and and the wind. And so, using your imagination, pick a passage of the Bible and meditate on it, or or pray a rosary, or just sit still for ten minutes, not for a whole hour, just for ten minutes, and kind of acclimatize yourself to that. And after a while, you'll become comfortable with it and you'll be capable of doing more. Yeah, I think that's a, a great reminder and that you were reading my mind, Brandon, so it's such a, a, a challenge, you know, those of us who are trying to exercise. Um, but like you said, Archbishop, you can't just start picking up heavy weights if you just started working out. Uh, you really got to take the time. And I, it really reminds me of that conversation with St. John Vianney where, you know, they asked the question, and I think he was actually quoting a peasant who comes into the church very often for adoration. Um, and he had talked to him and said, what do you do there in prayer? And he said, I just, I look at him and he looks at me talking about Jesus. I look at him and he looks at me. Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, the face of Jesus, right? We often hear in many of the, many of the morning prayer readings and in, in the Psalms talking about the face of God, the face of Jesus. And John Paul II talked a lot about contemplating the face of Jesus, just sitting there in contemplation of the face of Jesus. Really, me think makes me think again of the Holy Family at, at at Christmas, Mary and Joseph contemplating the face of Jesus before them, this this bright sun, S O N, sun before them, and contemplating him. When when we're contemplating the face of Jesus, what what questions or what thoughts could we be um, having in our mind? What questions could we be asking ourselves or asking the Lord to reveal us in that contemplation? I think it's the question of uh, St. Francis asked, right? Lord, what do you want me to do? We ask him, what what does he want us to do? How can we best serve him? How can we best uh, make him known? And uh, to just uh, open our minds to the word he wishes to speak to us. I also would want to emphasize, in addition to the prayer, what goes hand in hand with prayer that... Um, Think we've lost a sense of but it's always been a part of christian spirituality is fasting and again if for uh, those who might be far off and want to introduce them to a life with the lord this is another challenge we could present to them is, is to take a day to fast even if it's just skipping one meal uh, even if it's giving up something they like to eat or some uh some kind of drink alcohol or coffee or something like that uh, skipping wine with their meal if they do that every day, renouncing something that's legitimately pleasurable um, for the sake of, of making ourselves more disposed to God and aware of him in our life. Because to love, one has to empty oneself of oneself in order to uh, be disposed to loving another, to willing and acting for the good of the other, and to be re receptive of what the other has to offer us, and especially so with God. Archbishop, we just have a couple minutes left, and we started our show talking about your connection with JP2 Catholic Radio. And as we think about the gift of Christ coming to us at Christmas, what would you say to the faithful listening about the gift of Catholic Radio and its importance to the Church's mission of evangelization? Yes, the Church needs to use all means of communication. Uh, radio is such an effective means because it can reach... Um, 
a wide audience uh, constantly, right? It's and people listen to radio all the time. The radio's on when people are doing other things, so it's a it's a very effective way uh, to connect with people. And sometimes people just sort of accidentally stumble across a Catholic radio station, and and it, it changes their lives. So it's uh, Saint Paul used the means of communication that was available to him in ancient times. And I'm sure St. Paul were alive today. He would be using uh, radio as a means of proclaiming the good news. It's a, it's a great way to reach a broad audience 24 um, seven. Hmm. Any final thoughts that you would have to share about Advent or Christmas or, or anything uh, that's on your heart this morning, Archbishop? Uh, well, Christmas should not be just a happy memory. We have very cherished memories at this time of the year, which is a good thing, but uh, they're meant to be transformative. So to live that mystery of Christmas all throughout the year, where we dispose ourselves to God speaking to us and God working through us so we can make a gift of ourselves back to him. Well, it sure has been an honor visiting with you this morning. We thank you for your time, Your Excellency. To those listening, if you missed any of our show, you can find the entire segment on our website, JP2, that's the number two, radio.com. Just look up JP2 Morning Crew Podcast under Programming. You can also find today's show on YouTube. And Steve, uh, just another heads up for our listeners. We have a big event coming up next week. Do you want to fill us in a little bit about that? Absolutely. We're looking forward to celebrating Christmas with you on December 25th. And then the day after Christmas, December 26th through the 30th, we're going to do a local pledge drive right here on JP2 Catholic Radio, uh, kind of recounting some of the conversations we've had in the past, but also having some, some new conversations um, and bringing you some really some Christmas music to celebrate that week after Christmas. And so uh, we're looking forward to having there. Tune in, a pleasure support, and keep the truth of Catholic Radio, JP2 Catholic Radio, airing strong throughout San Diego and the Imperial Valley and beyond. Yeah, very, very excited for that. Raul, any final thoughts from you this morning? No, I'm I'm just so, so grateful uh, for the Archbishop uh, be, to be here today. It's, it's good to see him. I mean, 2015 is a long time ago, but uh, we're forever grateful that you were there in, in at St. Therese of Carmel back in 2015. Uh, that that moment was critical for us to find the funds to to erect that uh, antenna up in the Imperial Valley. So I'm, I'm grateful to you. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm grateful that that has happened and for all you're doing to evangelize through this very effective means of Catholic radio. Well, for all of us here at JP2 Morning Crew, keep it right here on JP2 Catholic Radio Network for more great programming. We'll talk to you again next week for the end of the year pledge drive. God bless. Time for our end of the year pledge drive. Tune in next week, Tuesday, December 26th through Saturday the 30th, as we bring you special guests and programming to celebrate the Christmas season. Phone lines will be open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. You can also donate online, on the app, or on Venmo at any time. We need your support. Will you prayfully consider a donation? It's the JP2 End of the Year Pledge Drive, coming to you next week, Tuesday through Saturday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. 
The 12th San Diego Walk for Life, Witness for Life. Join Cardinal McElroy and 2,000 faithful to stand up for the lives of the unborn and their mothers. Saturday, January 13th, 8.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Waterfront Park, downtown San Diego. Bring your loved ones with life-affirming signs and enjoy inspirational speakers, live music, exhibitors, and raffles. Visit www.sandiegowalkforlife.com. A map in a mirror. That's how we can view the life and legacy of Archbishop Fulton Sheen. We can look to Archbishop Sheen's faithful witness to the Lord as a guide, helping us to better share our faith with others. And we can hold up our own faithful witness to the Lord, asking how our lives might better reflect Jesus to a world so in need of Him. And after the mind of the call, there came to the mind of proclamation by radio, Books, television, delighting and rejoicing in the mission of proclaiming Christ the Son of God. Archbishop Timothy Dolan. There has never been a man so able to present the timeless teachings of Catholicism to a world that sometimes maybe is skeptical at best and sometimes downright hostile. You can't go wrong in looking at Fulton J. Sheen because he managed to do it. To find out more about the faithful witness of Archbishop Fulton Sheen, visit FultonSheenMission.org. Car won't start? Pray the rosary. Feeling overwhelmed with work or home life? Pray the rosary. Uncertain about these uncertain times? Information is being revealed that makes us question the whole narrative. Pray the rosary. Concerned about your soul's eternity? Pray the rosary. Receive God's holy grace through our blessed Mother Mary. Follow GP2 Radio on Facebook and join us every Monday night at 7 p.m. for our Facebook Live Rosary. This is GP2, on air and online at gp2radio.com.